A very good morning and you're listening to The Sunrise Show on Stafford FM. And now is that time in the morning where we have a pause for thought, where we read a bit of scripture from the Bible and we have the thoughts from the team. So this week we have Romans 12, 9 to 21. Love in action. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The first things that I notice uh, about these scriptures is that it's a very practical encouragement. It actually lists 28 things you can do to put love into action. And that's almost an act of love per day for a month. Can you imagine if we all just did one of those things listed here each day for a whole month? But the key point, though, is clearly love. And not just any old love, though, not the sort of love that describes how I love chocolate or I love to be out in the countryside and go for walks or dare I say even the things we do out of so-called love, but actually we're only doing them out of some sort of obligation or tradition. We're told that love must be sincere. And that means nothing else other than a sincere heart, a genuine love, not love with an agenda or superficial love or self-seeking love but the kind of sacrificial love that Jesus of Nazareth modelled for us and gives us ability to show the same to others. And I notice too that the verses also begin with a hate evil, cling to good statement, which is echoed again at the end of this set of verses in verse 21. And it's, it's often a literary feature to start with and end with the same idea or theme to highlight the importance, how do we overcome evil? And it tells us that we overcome evil with good, not just any old good, but with love, a genuine selfless love that means we might actually have to sacrifice or lose out on something so that someone else can be blessed or felt lifted up. So just want to encourage you, why don't you have a look through the list today and use it this coming week, maybe as a bit of a bucket list. If you're feeling down or if you're feeling overcome by something, reach out to somebody with a genuine heartfelt love towards them. And you might be surprised how blessed they are and how you come away feeling. So as Pete's just told us, there are 28 practical things here. And there's so much in this one little scripture. I'm only going to talk about two topics. Love must be sincere. This week, I was really challenged with this because someone was asking, if a person does good, is that not love? What's the difference or what's so special about Christianity? Why is the love that we show so different? And I was struggling to try to explain to this person what's the difference between the love God asks us to show and what the love that other people show in the world, why is it so special? 
But then when I was trying to prepare for this, I was reminded of what Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Love the Lord our God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And that really kind of challenged me because it was talking about a genuine kind of love. It was talking about a perfect love. And this is the standard that Jesus requires for perfection. It's not to be a lip service where you're loving or doing kindness to kind of make yourself feel good or to give atonement for what you've done. Or if you're doing it out of kind of like a way to be pompous a bit, because God knows your true heart. He knows what's really in there. It needs to be genuine. And what else was came out to me about that was that Jesus also said in Mark chapter 12, verse 31, to love your neighbor as yourself. And we know that when we are supposed to love our neighbor, we need to show that with genuine and perfect love. This is why it was also a challenge for me to look at the part of the verse where it says to bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. With this point, I really, really struggle with this. It's very interesting that the Greek word for forgiveness is referenced 146 times in the New Testament. It's not translated 146 times, but it's referenced 146 times. Now, for us, a word to be referenced that time, it shows there must be some significance behind this. Time after time, Jesus reminded us about forgiveness and the need to forgive as he has forgiven us. Even after giving the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive you of your sins. And that kind of pulls me up short because forgiveness there also needs to be genuine. You know, we could be really good to say, Oh, I forgive you, but I won't forget. Oh, I forgive you, but I can't move on. So we need to kind of come to that kind of place of humbling ourselves, coming before God and asking for help in forgiving others and to be genuine in that forgiveness as well. Well, thank you, Jamie, for reading these scriptures out. The themes are around brotherly or sisterly love. I get that. Zeal and spiritual fervor for the Holy Spirit, sharing with those in need and practicing hospitality, serving, being joyful, patience, being faithful in prayer. I get that too. Rejoicing with those who rejoice, empathizing with those who mourn and living in harmony with one another. All these are good Christian principles and do not be proud or conceited. As well as good Christian principles, they are good moral principles, good for anyone, regardless of faith or if you have no faith. The difficulty and Christ has something very different to say, is around loving your enemy. Paul says, bless those who persecute you, bless those and do not curse. And later in verse 19, he says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And verse 21 goes on to say, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In fact, this theme is all over the New Testament. Turn the other cheek, love your enemies. Imagine if more of that took place. 
Imagine the effect it would have on this troubled world if we actually took on that instruction to actually love our enemy. The late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, and I quote, we must discover the power of love, the redemptive power of love. That's why Jesus says, love your enemies, because if you hate your enemies, you have no way to redeem and to transform your enemies. I hope this leaves you with something to think about, some food for thought for this week. God bless.